Hi everyone and welcome back to the Omcast. Um, we've decided we're going to repost some of our stuff from about Spider-Man now um, in the lead up to the new uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Obviously there's a lot of hype around this one um, and a lot of rumours about what's going to happen on it. Um, if we'd known that they were doing this we might have saved our, <laughs> our, our grand rewatch for this. Yeah. Um, but we didn't. We did our grand rewatch back in 2019 before uh, Far From oh, Home came out. Was it Far From Home? Yeah, or? Far From Home. Was it? I yeah. thought it was Homecoming. No, Fuck. no, because Homecoming, we weren't even. We, the podcast didn't even exist back then. Didn't it? No, no, no. Fucking hell. No. All right, we're dragging this out, but. We are, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the point is, um, we've talked about these movies already. We're not going to redo the whole podcast, so we thought we'd just add a little extra bit at the beginning now um, and let you di- guys dive into them. We're talking about the Raimi trilogy, we talk about the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, so, yeah, have a listen to these, um, and we will see you on the No Way Home. Oh, no, the Far From. Why do they make them all so difficult? Yeah, no, the No Way Home, which yes. is the new one with Doctor Strange and all that stuff. We will see you on that review, which will be happening in the next <laughs> week or so. So we'll see you then. Cheers. Bye. See you there. Bye. Bye. Peter Parents. Peter Parents Parkers. Peter Parents Parker Parker. Peter Parker Parker Parker. Pe- Pe- yeah, that. Yeah. Peter Parker's Parent Parker's Peters. Oh, Dom, one of your eyes has stopped working. <laughs> this glass. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Always has been. Um... <laughs> We'll just say, hi, we're back for Spider-Man's part two. Um, If you listen to the last episode, we spoke about the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, which is Spider-Mans 1, 2, and 3. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Mans 1 and 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, So basically, we came to the conclusion that 1 and 2 are really, really good. Yeah, You prefer 1. I actually prefer 1. I prefer 2. We both hate 3. Yeah. Um, we did kind of dip in a little bit into Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, because in particular, in reference to the Aunt Ben and Aunt May mm-hmm. stuff, because that is the biggest criticism that we had when we had this first reboot, which was Amazing Spider-Man in 2012 and starred Andrew Garfield, and it was the first time they rebooted the franchise. Yeah. But what they did was they retold the origin story. Yeah. Which I think everyone universally has said was the wrong thing to do. Um, because we'd all seen it fairly recently, and as I've mentioned in the last episode, I think it had been done definitively. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's fine, you don't need to do it again, but for whatever reason, they go, no, we want to go right back to the beginning, he's going to be in high school again, mm-hmm. we're going to see him get bit by the spider, we're going to see Uncle Ben die, but with this, they had this whole stupid campaign, it was a marketing campaign, essentially, of the untold story which they use in all the trailers and all the yeah. like, posters and stuff. And the point of it was that they were going to delve into Peter Parker's parents. Yeah, name them. Mary and Richard. Yes. It's Peter's middle name. Oh, shit. It's really ben, obvious. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. What's May's surname? Maiden name. Oh, shit. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. I don't know. I Riley. Riley. Yeah, of course, Ben Riley, right? Yeah. Anyway, fucking right. <laughs> they they rebooted it in 2012. Andrew Garfield. Now a lot of people hate these movies and hate this version of the character. I don't know if it necessarily deserves the amount of hate that it gets. I think it deserves not not hate. I think it deserves some of the criticism that it got. Yeah. But at the same time, it did get an awful lot right. Yeah. But it did get an awful lot very wrong. Yeah, I think the principal thing that people have a problem with is the Peter Parker 
um, or you know Andrew Garfield's version of Peter Parker, and the fact that he's basically he's too cool for a start. Yeah, he's, he's like this like good looking like skater boy punk type thing, and he's not really he's a nerd, but not really like you have to. And it's like what the fuck? Yeah, it just and it just seems weird. Like when you see it when they first introduced him in his high school, and he's this like tall, athletic looking like like with this perfectly quaffed hair, and it's like. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah, you're meant to be a dweeb. There's one thing I'll say about uh, Tom Maguire is that guy looked like he got punched in the face a lot because I want to punch him in the face <laughs> like immediately. Just massive he, face. He has a very punchable face. Is the, the, the biggest face. And I understand why he got bullied, but whereas <laughs> I don't get why someone the thing like they there there is done like a bit too subtly because they've done like the whole implication that nobody knows who he is. Yeah, he's a bit and of a he's loner. like this loner outsider guy. Yeah. And it's like, that's why he's sort of picked on is because he hasn't got any friends because he's just a loner. He's an outsider. It's like, oh, you don't want to talk to him. He skateboards. No, he's, oh yeah, he's, he's like, oh, he's the loner. He's like, um, what's the name? The guy from um, Breakfast Club. Yeah. Smoke up Johnny. Yeah. yeah Johnny Judd Nelson. Yeah. Judd Nelson. He's, he's that kind of, is yeah. what they're going for. I'm like, that's not Peter Parker. No. You fucked that up straight away. But, and then... Worse than that, almost, is that when he does start, after he starts becoming Spider-Man, he gets this, like, he's quite confident in himself, even in as being Peter Parker. Yeah. He's like, the way he talks, like, he knows he's smart, and the way he talks to Gwen Stacy and all the rest of it, and he's, like, flirty and cool, and he's it's like, no, you need to be awkward and, like, you know, fucked. Yeah. Basically. And you're just you're just too confident in yourself. Um, so it would have been nicer if they, like if they slowly seeded it and like give him at the beginning of the movie, just like give him a really shit haircut, dress him in really like hand me down old clothes and just make him like, and like in his, cause one thing I'll say about Andrew Garfield's performance is that he's really, his physicality is amazing. Yeah. As in both Peter. He looks the part. Yeah. In both. And that's in, but in both Peter and in yeah. Spider-Man, I think, but then they, yeah. So like his, he could physically portray the sort of, being a wallflower type thing, but mm-hmm. like through his physicality, he sort of looks down at the ground and he's a bit jerky and all the rest of it. But when you look at what he's dressed like and everything else, his aesthetic, it doesn't fit. Yeah. It doesn't work. So they could have just, I think that's where they could have just made it better. Um, it reminds me, his performance reminds me a little bit of like um, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. As the Hulk. He's always looking down. He's always like not like making eye contact. Yeah, won't with make people, eye contact with people. That kind of thing. And like Peter's got that. But then when he does, he looks up and he's just like, <laughs> like male model, like perfect, like Abercrombie and Fitch model bloke. And it's like the fuck? Why? What are you? What are you hiding? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that sort of major issue with it to start with. Um, but I think the saving grace of this series and both movies is that both he and Emma Stone have just got bucket loads of charisma. Yeah, and the, they're just ridiculously watchable, in compar- particularly in comparison to Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I mean can... that's the thing; they were a couple at one point throughout the filming of those films. Yeah, both both sets were. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so much better, and it's so much more natural with Garfield and Stone, and the way that they act together, and the way that they flirt together, and the way that they, the mannerisms that they, the pre-existing mannerisms that they've got with one another. Yeah. Like, there are ways that they sort of, like, he'll put his hand, like, there was a bit that we were watching earlier when they're, when she's dressing the wounds on his chest and he's yeah. sat and he's got, she's, like, resting her 
chin on his fist whilst he's supporting her in like a certain way. It feels very natural. Yeah. The way that they talk, they don't have to look at one another in the eye whilst they're talking. It's not all this Shakespearean sonnet. Yeah. And not everything's delivered with all the fury and passion of one that's reading from a page with no context. (laughs) Day by day. Day by day. Day by day, he gazed upon her and said, you like a woman? Feed her poetry. I'm like, you know, that doesn't, there's not, there's not a real thing. Like Sam, Sam, listen, Sam's, the thing, the thing that they miss uh, there <laughs> is that there has to be like an a, an equal connection. That's one of the. This is one of the. Sorry to go back to last episode. One of the main problems that I have with the Raimi trilogy is how uncomfortably obsessed Peter is with Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah, that's my problem with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, and that it's especially nowadays. You're like, you should calm down a bit, man. Like I get that there's the teenage crush from afar. But when it's being portrayed by a 30-year-old man and a 28-year-old woman playing high school, it's quite clearly two adults and a man that has a seriously uncomfortable infatuation with I mean, this woman. You say that, they even take that one step further with the Garfield series. There's the point in Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he literally stalks Gwen Yeah, as Spider-Man. He's, yeah. like, he's just perched on a rooftop as Spider-Man, just watching her from afar. Yeah, And then they have a conversation where she talks about her favourite new restaurant. And he goes, oh yeah, you love that place. She goes, what? She goes, oh yeah, you go there every day. He's on third, or like he knows what street it's yeah. on, or whatever. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? You and she doesn't immediately like throw a hot coffee in his face yeah. and send the fuck off. Like they, but I think both of these series have got the same issue where they they get too wrapped up in the love story element of it, and it sort of they make it's to the detriment of both that both versions of Peter Parker. Yeah, it makes them both seem like sort of these desperate, clingy, sort of crazy. Yeah, like yeah, lovesick love puppies. And like, there are there are like moments in the comics where Peter's like sat on a rooftop watching MJ. Yeah, but it's not done in such a seedy way. Mm. And like, yeah. the, like, it's more believable with Garfield and Stone because they appear to be teenagers. Yeah, to an extent. To an extent, I mean, they're still fucking old. They like, are both again, still in their twenties, but at the same time, it's scene... a lot more believable with them. Than it is with like the the problem. One of the main issues I have with the Amazing series is the guy that plays Flash Thompson. Yeah, who's clearly a forty year old man. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and like again, there's a moment when you see him outside of the school on a bench, and you're like, oh, that guy's picking up his kids. Yeah, because been, all of his kids are at least eighteen. There's, there's been an incident at the school. Where you've been called down again. And you're the deadbeat dad. Yeah. It's Kenny from The Simpsons, right? Yeah, his son is at the same school as he is. <laughs> but like it's it's so frustrating though again because that is another example of like the casting is a bit off and they have that stupid scene at the beginning where he's holding the kid upside down and making him eat his lunch or whatever and it's like this really cliche like this is what bullying is like yeah so eat it eat it it's like okay all right but then they do have a really good thing with flash like there are a couple of really great scenes they have with him in the corridors so immediately after the death of uncle ben yeah there's that bit he comes up to say Hello to, to Peter. Give his condolences. And Peter immediately just goes like, not today, man. No, I'm not I'm not in the mood for you fucking mm-hmm. about. Because it, the whole film opens with Flash just throwing a um, basketball at his head. Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't be fucking dealing with you right now. And he goes, no, come on, I want to talk to you. Peter like lashes out at him and yeah. he just goes, look, I'm sorry that your uncle died. It sucks. I feel, I'm, I'm sorry. It's the moment. That was it. it. And that's the opening he, line for that is he says, it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it feels good, which it? then completely turns around yeah. Flash's character, and you're like, 
Flash has experienced something like this too, which is why he's acting like it. But he knows it's wrong. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I, I'm, your uncle died, I'm sorry. And so then you start reading into that, you go, shit, did, like, maybe his dad died when he was young, or what was his me? And, like, he did. He, is, that, is that the story? Yeah. There you go. But again, that's just, it's so frustrating because they're able to imply little things like that with very little. And then, and then you get the, there's a scene right at the very, very end of the movie where they're just, they're kind of friendly. And you just say, oh, you're coming along, man, or whatever. And he's wearing a Spider Man t shirt. He's like, hey, Flash, I like your shirt. He goes, oh, yeah, the chick's digging. Because, and that is an essential thing from the comic books again, where it's like Flash Thompson is a massive Spider Man fan, but hates Peter Parker, thinks yeah. he's, a, he's a dweeb. Um, but the, this goes on to a further extent down the lines with the comics as well. Um, so one of the really, really great things that they did in the comics with Flash is that they did an arc where um, Flash came out of high school and went straight into the army because right. that's what his father did. Um, as he was like an army family. So right. he came out of high school, didn't do well, went straight into the military. He got deployed and in, I think it was a bomb, like a roadside bombing, so oh, he did. lost his legs. Oh, fuck, right. And then he came back and he started working at the VA and um, he, because of his expertise, he gets brought into this secret organization that is using a Venom symbiote or using the Venom symbiote. And it, they bond it to him. They use like this MacGuffin to make it form a suit and give him legs and send him out as Agent Venom. Yeah. And then it becomes a thing where like Pete can't work out why all of a sudden he doesn't feel anything that's happening around Flash anymore. Because the venom doesn't set off, venom doesn't set off the spider sense. Okay, and stuff like that. So it's it's really clever how it goes on in the comics as well, mm. which is one of the things that they were initially talking about with spinning off from this. Okay, was introducing the venom symbiote and then having an agent venom film. Okay, That's interesting. Which would I think would have worked really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting because I think what we get with both of these, both the Amazing Spider-Man movies is they are completely reactionary, but in completely different ways. Yeah. So The Amazing Spider-Man came out in 2012, and it was very grimdark, for yeah. lack of a better word. It was like dark, gritty, and realistic. And to a certain extent, I prefer that in some ways. But it do, not all of it works for Spider-Man. And the same way, the exact same thing as what they did with Superman, with Man of Steel. Is they basically, they saw The Dark Knight, and they tried to replicate that philosophy they thought right people like that people like dark and gritty and grounded and realistic superheroes let's make that but at the expense of like they do a disservice to the character and don't do what's great about that character yeah with both spider-man and superman um and then what's really funny is that within the same franchise so by the time you get to the amazing spider-man 2 it's again reactionary but in a completely different way because now by the time you get to 2014 they're going right Everyone likes big, bright colours and and huge action set pieces and, and like low, as many characters as we can get in. And also, they love interconnectivity. They love big franchises with lots of different like hints at things to come. So we're going to pack in as many hints and things as we possibly can, and we're going to set uh, up loads of different origin stories because that's what people like. Make that. And it's like just completely in as a response to what was going on at the time in Marvel, which was... The Avengers slowly and, laying the foundation and the foundation and, and laying little seeds and putting little hints about movies yet to come and all that sort of thing, which Marvel have done great. Sony then tried to do the same thing with Amazing Spider-Man two, and it fell flat on its face. Yeah, and it just completely like oh. it's it, Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man two did exactly what Spider-Man three did to the Raimi trilogy. Yeah, it took all the goodwill you had from the first one. Like you go. 
watch the first one, you go, actually, you know what? There are things that I don't like about it, but I really like the cast, and they've got the origin story out of the way. Let's go. Obviously, I was excited for Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. The second I, that I saw that costume... Yes. Oh, my God, the costume. The costume for Amazing Spider-Man 2 is still probably the best costume they've ever done, arguably. Um, yeah, I, I really mean, like the the Civil War. Yeah. The first sort of Stark tech one. Yeah, that's the main one he uses in um, Homecoming, uh, yeah. Homecoming as well. I think the only... The big thing with that is that it has the expressive eyes. Yeah. I wish they could have, if they could have incorporated that into the Garfield suit for two, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like the costume in it is brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. It moves in the way and everything, the way that you see him be Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is perfect. Like the opening swinging bit is fucking phenomenal. The opening and the end. Yeah. The opening, the end, but even that, there's even within that, there's a there's a montage mm-hmm. of him being Spider-Man because basically they again, there's so many fucking so the the plot threads in this one. So not only do you have Peter's parents as a plot thread, the other thing is that you have this whole thing with Gwen Stacy and her dad. So her dad was in the first one, played by Dennis Leary, and he was great as yeah. Captain Stacy, and then he dies at the end of the first one, and he makes Peter promise not to be with Gwen. Yes. Which then leads to, again, a really great scene at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 1 where they're in the rain and he didn't come to the funeral and she's wondering where he was and he has to say, look, I can't be with you anymore. Yeah. And it reminds me of the end of 1 where he's giving up his life because he has a responsibility to be in Spider-Man. Yeah. But then they immediately walk it back. (laughs) Yeah. Because he then says, promises you can't keep, those are the best kind. And Amazing Spider-Man 2 opens with him being with Gwen. Yeah. It's like, fuck's sake. Well, that just means the whole thing's pointless. Anyway... Well, but then, but I mean, then, but with what happens in two, yes, it it takes that sort of what if moment from yeah. the Raimi trilogy and shows you exactly what could yeah. go wrong. Exactly, that's why it, it's such a frustration for me because it is like this one-two punch. It goes right. Captain Stacy died because he tried to help you. You should feel guilty about that. He asked you not to be with his daughter because he was worried something could happen to her. Yeah, and then in the next one. She dies, yeah, because you weren't able to save her, mm-hmm. and that should be an absolutely devastating like one-two punch of like a formative thing for him as a character like, moving into it. But because they just fucked it up so badly and tried to do so many other things on the time, we never got to see that carried forward. No, and it just ended because they just fucked up and they put like fucking Paul Giamatti's Rhino, which was oh, just fucking awful. They had abysmal again, even like. Harry Osborne. Pick your origin story. Oh yeah, they had the, the, the so everything in these movies comes from Oscorp. Mm-hmm. So it means that they literally have a dungeon in Oscorp where they have all the different or the villains tech in the background. They have like the vultures, wings. vultures wings. They have Doc Ock's arms, and they can literally just roll up, roll up, get your origin story. Yeah. Um, they bring in Harry Osborne in this one. That's a fucking waste. It is a waste because it starts off like I quite like it. His first few scenes I quite like. So when he's in the E, basically meets his dad, who's played by Chris Cooper. Yeah. And this is a new version of Harry Osborne played by Dane DeHaan. And he basically finds out his dad dies because he's got some sort of disease, which again is something they actually set up in the first one. It is a plot thread that they carry through. His dad dies, leaves him the Oscorp fortune. And there's this, there is what I think is quite a good scene where he's in the boardroom with all the executives. Mm. And he's like, 
you guys are a bunch of assholes. Like, did you not think about having him declared legally incompetent? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then he's oh, and then we we delete we got rid of all the um, research to do with genetics because of the Dr. Connors incident. And he goes, oh, what you mean? People are pissed off because he tried to turn the entire city into lizards. But yeah. <laughs> but like that's why like he's like this arrogant like yuppie sort of fuck you rich boy and he I prefer Dane DeHaan's version of Harry Osborne to start yeah. with and then things get fucking oh, stupid the, and then they have that really great scene where him and Peter are reunited that's a great scene and they just they're really Again, awkward to start Dane with Dane DeHaan Andrew Garfield they've yeah. got great chemistry and they're just they're really awkward to start with they have this backstory where they were friends until he was about 11 years old and then Harry got shipped off to boarding school yeah. And they just like, so Peter sees on the news that his dad died, goes to comfort him and says, you were my friend, you were around for me when my parents left. Yeah. I wanted to be there for you. Okay, cool. I, I, right. And then it was like, it's really awkward. They're really sort of standoffish. And then it, Peter goes to leave. And then <laughs> another great little bit, Harry cracks a joke at his expense, starts yes. taking the piss out of him again. He goes, oh, you got your braces off. Well, there's nothing left to distract from your unibrow now. <laughs> And it's like, ah. Oh. And then they just click back into that thing of taking the... Like, when friends take the piss out of each other a little bit. Yeah. And it just and that, their relationship in that one scene feels more real to me as a friendship than anything between Peter, between Tom Maguire and James Franco. Yeah. Those two, it was literally just a case of they just kept calling each other buddy and pal. Yeah. It was, it was like... Um, hey, buddy. Hey, bu- hey come, friend. Come on, pal. Hey, we can do pal. It. Hey, pal. You're my best friend. You're my best friend, Peter. It, it reminded me of like um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, You're like a father to me. They just keep saying that, but they don't yeah. show it. Yeah, <laughs> like, show it. Come on now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. And then it just devolves into this really stupid plot about how Harry can only be saved by Spider-Man's blood. And there's a whole fucking thing. And then the worst, again, they do this other... It's so weird how much they parallel one another. Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because they do this retcon, which destroys the character (laughs) with Richard Parker. Yeah. So they have this whole thing where Richard Parker, Peter's dad, genetically engineered the spiders as part of this experiment on like genetic mutation or whatever. And he put some human DNA in there. Yeah. And he used his DNA. Yeah. Which means that the spider venom or the human spider hybrid theory can only work if it's part of his bloodline. Yeah. So basically, long story short, it means that by being bit by the spider, Peter can turn into Spider-Man, but it would only work for him. Yeah. Because he is Richard Parker's son. Yeah. If anyone else got bit by the spider, although Harry injects himself with the spider venom and he becomes Green Goblin. Yeah. And what that means is, that means Peter is like the chosen one. It can only be him, which is yeah. the exact opposite of the point of the fucking character of Spider-Man. Yeah. The character of Spider-Man is that anyone can be Spider-Man. Yeah, anyone exactly. Could, anyone could have been bitten by a spider and then given these powers. And what would you do? With that them? was the purpose of the costume being completely covered up. Yeah. That was the point of him being a kid. Yeah. That was the point of everything about it was that he could be that he was the everyman. Yeah. Because what? he wasn't the billionaire Bruce Wayne. He wasn't the alien from fucking Kryptonite. He wasn't the guy that was found in the ice 70 years ago, uh, was frozen in the ice 70 years ago. No. He's not the guy, the billionaire Stark. Yeah. He's Peter Parker, who grew up in Queens and lives in an apartment, can't really afford and has to work two jobs and do this and do this. But not even that, like, even He's, expanding it's, it, it's even just, expanding it out from Peter Parker, like, watch the Into the Spider-Verse. 
Yeah. The point of Into the Spider-Verse is that anyone can wear the mask. Yeah. Because it, Miles is just a kid who got bit by a spider. Yeah. And that's it. Whereas, I don't know, it can't, if, if that spider a bit miles nothing would have happened because his dad wasn't a super secret scientist who put his dna or in a he, spider or it, it would have but it would have turned him evil it would have turned him into the green goblin from the crackhead green goblin spider-man yeah the meth meth goblin meth egg goblin um and it's yeah it's just it's silly and it's it's and it's silly for the in in the sense that it takes like something that would be established in comic book lore and makes it dumb. Yeah. By going, oh, it doesn't matter, it's all comic book stuff, it's stupid anyway. Yeah. By by not understanding these things, and putting in, and relying on the chemistry between Stone and Garfield. Which again is great. I mean, they're great. They're, again, they're brilliant. They're brilliant to watch, but just like... Because one of the things that I'll say about, like in Homecoming, I don't think there is anyone, like... Obviously, like, Jacob Bathalon and um, Tom Holland are friends in real life, and Zendaya is friends with Tom Holland and Jacob Bathalon, and they're all buddies, but they don't have the same chemistry. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe like, not. Maybe that's what we'll see in Far From Home, but they don't have the same chemistry that's just immediate. From the minute you look at them, you're like, those people need to be together. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be together. I know they are. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But then again, that's... It's such a shame because it should be so heartbreaking when what happens happens. And to a sense, it is. It like, is. It's the way that Garfield w- sells it. Oh, yeah. It's brilliantly well acted. But because everything that's come before it has been this fucking convoluted mess mm-hmm. with five different plot lines going on, it sort of lessens it. Yeah. And like if they hadn't spent, like they spend a load of time with fucking Jamie Foxx's Electro, which the less said about oh. that character, the better, because that was just a fucking. Like, like what? <laughs> what? The, when I when I first heard that they had Jamie Fox, I was really excited. Like he's an Oscar winning actor. Like he, he was, was coming off the back of Ray. Yeah, into this was he? Was he? Not coming, when was Django? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna look up when that was. I think it might have been around the same time as Django. But yeah, and that's the thing. Like Jamie Fox at the time was like one of the world's biggest actors. Yeah, I remember, like, because first of all, I was excited for Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I thought, right, I like this Spider-Man. They've got the origin story out of the way. Crack on. And then they go, and then the first thing you hear about it, oh, they've cast Jamie Foxx as the villain and they're doing Electro, which is going to be a visually cool to look at, spectacular thing. And it's a character we haven't seen before. Like, oh, awesome. And then the immediately, he starts. And it's like, what the fuck are they doing? They've got this, he's got a weird comb over. He's trying to be this weird nerd. They have this horrible scene where he's talking to himself. Or he's talk, he's trying to have a conversation with Spider Man with himself. Yeah. And he's got like all this paraphernalia of Spider Man stuck up all over the walls, and he's just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like BJ Novak's in this. Oh yeah, Smythe. They set up Smythe. They set up um, Felicia Hardy. Yeah. Who's who's um, Felicity Jones? Felicity Jones. They set up the Sinister Six. Yep. They introduce the Rhino. Because again, like they the introduced the Rhino in quite an interesting way because they bring in Alexei Setsevich at the start as Paul Giamatti, which is like, okay, it's <clears throat> it wasn't done well at the start. When it gets to the end, it's a bit better because he's in the big mech suit. Yeah, but then he ruins it by going, I am the Rhino. Exactly, yeah, and that's a fucking silly line. But like that, I stand by it. If I could have a whole film, the last bit, 
of Spider-Man, yeah. of the Amazing I mean, Spider-Man. That's what I mean, yeah. So, sorry, I think I went off on a tangent, but there's the bit where, so there's a point where he basically gives up Gwen. Yeah. Towards the beginning, he says to her, look, I keep having these flashes of Captain Stacy and feeling guilty about it. And he, you know, breaks up with her, or she breaks up with him, I should say, because she's sick of him flip-flopping. And to me, that kind of should have been it. They kind of left it at that and then maybe got her back in towards the end and then the tragedy of her dying. But, oh shit, what was I going to say? But, but saying, but, hold on a sec. But saying about that, like, they could have worked that in. They could have had her absent for a part of the movie and then have her bring back, brought back, because... She understands. Harry's seen... No, not even that. that Harry had seen them before. Yeah. And didn't, wasn't aware that they'd broken up because he was too busy being of his own stuff. Yeah. And then she dies. Yeah. And Peter has the realisation that even if somebody's not with him... Yeah. Then this could still happen. Yeah. Like, it still be a problem. The issue that I've, I do have is that... The, the death of Gwen Stacy is this really powerful thing in the comics, and it is equally in this, but it's so quickly washed over. Yeah. And they're well, like, she's I mean, dead, she's dead, she's dead. I'm still going to be Spider-Man, though, which is, again, in the comics, he maintains being Spider-Man because it's his responsibility to do so. Yeah. But, I and yeah, I think there are certain things, because it all links into, again, the, the point that happens, when he gives up being with her, he sort of throws himself into being Spider-Man, and there's more sightings of him and all the rest of it. There's that great little montage and there's a bit where with the little kid yeah. and the wind turbine. Yeah. Love that bit. I love any interactions that his Spider-Man has with kids. Like the same in the first one. The, one of the best scenes is the scene on the bridge. Yeah. Where he's got the the kids freaking out and he goes, look, put the mask on. Because anyone can be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. And then they get to the end and like you say, they have this thing where you know she's died and he's stood by her grave for all this long time. But what I do like and what I feel like is his turning point for where he turns around is he has that conversation with May and May talks about how she's she's got a box full of Ben's old stuff and she's going to put it away. And he's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You're throwing his stuff away. She goes, no, I couldn't do that. Mm. But I'm going to find a better place for it. Yeah. And so you don't, you never forget people that you lose, but you just have, you have to find a way to put it to a side yeah, and get on with your life, and I really like that. I like that as a that genuinely feels like an honest, you know, relationship between an aunt and and a surrogate yeah, son. Yeah, surrogate son talking about um, grief, how to move on from grief. Yeah, and I do, and like it's stuff like that that I, again I really like their relationship in these movies with mm. um, Sally Fields, Aunt May. Like, there's another, there's a great little bit in the first one as well where he comes back after the fight from. Oscorp and he's all battered and bruised and he's had like a fucking horrible night and he looks shattered and she just looks at him and he's like and no one says anything she doesn't say anything mm. and he just like slowly takes his bag off his back and just pulls out he's remembered to get the eggs that she asked for and then she and then they just hug and say yeah. oh I've had a really long night and that just feels really genuine I really yeah. like that and again not to bang on about it too much but one more scene I do like is he's banging on about his parents on and on about his parents and she goes you know what I'm sick of this I'm the one who's putting you through college I'm the one who's taking night classes to be a, a nurse with 22 year olds yeah. because I'm non-scientific I'm not smart like your aunt, your father and here you are daydreaming about your perfect father who left you on our doorstep and couldn't give a shit about you Yeah, and like that's like fuck hang on this just got real this just got like a proper like family drama Yeah, and I thought like give me that any day over I believe there's a hero in all of us. 
who allows us to die with pride. Sometimes we even have to give up our dreams. Spider-Man did that for Henry. How the fuck do you know that, aren't they? How do you know what Spider-Man gave up? He could be a fucking playboy half the time. He could be having a great life. He maybe, maybe he didn't give up anything. I'll tell you what, it's almost like you read the script, isn't it? It's almost like you read the script and you were told to verbalise exactly what's going on <laughs> with this character that you're looking at. And it's almost like no one would ever say these things because it couldn't possibly pertain to any information they actually had in real life. But you're going to say it anyway, aren't you? Cut the bullshit. Well, that's the thing because it's, it's one of those... I always interpreted that as Aunt May being like, I'm not going to tell you that I know. I wish that was it. I wish that was it. Like, but that's that's how it always sort of stuck with me. And I was like, I'm going to keep that in my head. I don't want to know any more about it. Because at that point, I'm like, there's at least a small part of her that knows. Yeah. I wish I wish they played that up. And like, again, there were so many missed opportunities. Like, they got close to having that sort of family drama stuff in um, Tobin Wise version. There's that great scene where he confesses yeah. about what happened to Uncle Ben. And Aunt May is just shocked and then just walks away. Yeah. But then when he goes to see her again after that, she just goes, oh, it's water. Pish bosh. We needn't talk about it. It's water under the bridge. I love you. I thank you. And then hugs him. I'm like, that is nice, but it's not real. But yeah. And she would take, it would take some time Yeah, for that for someone to get over that. And that's what I mean when I say they're like saints. Yeah, they're not real people. If you found out that he was in any way responsible for it, after you, she felt responsibility for it, it would take you a lot. There would be some more yeah. difficult conversations between them. But I feel like the all right is like we don't have time for difficult conversations. But also, like, it is one of those things where I think, like I've done it myself. I've built stuff up in my head that's just been so much worse in my mind, and then I've told someone, and their reaction has been almost what I've expected. And then you go back and you're like listen and then they're like listen i've dealt with it i'm over it and it was bigger to you than it ever was to them yeah i guess so but and it's that it's your own burden of guilt yeah and it's that's the thing and i think may is comfortable with the fact because we've seen that she's religious and she has you know she she does have her own faith and that when she gets to that she's the point is is that peter's still there and that she understands that yeah if he'd have done something slightly wrong. But at the same time, in the comics, it's, it's another thing that's come up in the comics as well, that she's aware of that situation that happened that night. Mm. and they But they have a more in-depth discussion around it. Yeah, I think it deserved it. I think it, it deserved a series of conversations or whatever, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, but they sort of quickly swift over it. Yeah, and, and that's the disappointment to me. I feel yeah. like they sh- that could... that should have been the source for some genuinely good drama. Yeah. And but... it was in one and then they had a couple of moments in two. But the problem with two is like I just it's just so many there are a couple of great set pieces. I just don't remember it. What are we talking about Amazing Spider Man? Amazing Spider Man two? Yeah. It's and just it's... yeah, and like I say there are, there are some amazing parts in it. I love anything to do with Spider Man and the public. Yeah. It's great. Like I, there's like half that scene in the the Times Square scene when he's trying to talk Max down, is great. And then he has the bit where he's like he's working with the NYPD and the and the fire department. Yeah, that bit where he he takes him down. He's got the hat on. He's got the little. It's like a little like he's just. But he remembers the firemen's names. Yeah, and gives him a high five. Yeah, it's a big John. 
much pleasure doing business with you lads and she's like I love it I love that cocky Spider-Man who's like man of the people sort yeah, of thing I love that's that what Spider- and that's one of the things that Andrew Garfield got down perfectly yeah I love was it was that the the difference in persona between Peter Parker in and out of the costume when mm. he's Spider-Man and he's in the costume he's quippy and he's silly and he can say what he wants to people because he's under the costume yeah and he's Spider-Man at that point yeah and he has a there is a big differentiation between like the Peter Parker and Spider-Man sort of persona is that in the real world Peter is this guy that's that's smart and intelligent and does this but when he gets nervous and this is like an established thing when Pete gets nervous and when his adrenaline gets up he just starts talking yeah and that's one of the things I love about him is that he just points out stupid things and makes bad jokes yeah. and just cut his mouth just runs away with it. It's like that amazing shot where he jumps in and, and catches the cop car. Yeah. And he just says to the cop, I'm so glad you're not one of those cops who rides with a horse. Yeah. And then flips it back over and is like, I love it. I love yeah. little bits like that. And it's just, that's what's so frustrating. That's the thing that nailed it. Yeah. The way that, he, like you say, when he talks to the kid at the end and he's yeah. talking to the uh, the other kid about the... It's the same kid. The little, yeah. It's the same kid. So he get, there's a kid being bullied and he's got a little wind turbine and he goes, did you make this? Yeah. That's amazing. And then he, like, it's implied that he then walks him to school. Yeah. So what's your name? My name's, you know, I can't remember, Owen or whatever. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. And at the end, he's the same little kid who's dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. Because anyone can be Spider-Man. And he's standing up against the rhino and he goes, hey, Spider-Man, mind if I cut in? And he calls him Spider-Man. Yeah. And he says, this is great. You look after your mum. I'm going to go and deal with this arsehole. Yeah. And it's a great ending. And it's just like, oh, God. It I is wish, brilliant. I want to see but more. But they just fucked up the middle. I want to see more. They just fucked up everything going into it. And so, yeah, yeah basically, it fucked up. And then but, it killed the franchise. And it killed the franchise. But then also, I feel like they were going to plough on. They did have plans. For, well, they were, but Andrew Garfield walked away. Yes. So what happened, the, the story goes that there was an event in Brazil for with Sony and some big head honcho from Sony was over from Japan and he was going to give a conference speech during which he was going to announce Andrew Garfield as the star of Amazing Spider-Man 3 and give a release date. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was there. He'd flown in from um, Brazil. But then he basically just said because of jet lag, he didn't want to go. So well, it was jet lag and some other sort some of other, political things. Yeah. So he didn't go. Yeah. And then that was like a slight on the blow. And then that was when they just went, right, well, he couldn't recover from that basically and they pulled yeah. the plug on it. And that was the end of that. But they were got like the apparently there was one plot, and Dennis Leary has talked about this in an interview, that the idea of what they were going to do in three was that there was going to be some sort of serum or some sort of method that he found scientifically for him to bring back the people who had died. Clone saga. Yeah. Yeah. So he was going to bring back. Yeah, it would have been the jackal with the clone saga, yeah. which is hilarious actually. I never knew that. But the clone saga is widely known within the comic book world as being one of the worst things to ever happen to the Spider-Man franchise yeah. because it went on for fucking years yeah. and it was pointless and complicated nobody understood that's and it. Like, like you say Gwen Captain like Captain Stacy came back Gwen came back fucking everyone came back yeah but and then on top of that they were also so they were planning on doing that and they were also planning on doing the Sinister Six yeah, and they were also planning on doing like a Black Cat spin-off movie. With... And they were going to do a Sinister Six movie. Yeah, <laughs> but then they were going to do a Black Cat movie. But then they were going to do. They're, apparently, they're still doing a Silver Sable and Black Cat. Movie. That's the thing is that not some of this is this is all, only 2014 we're talking when this happened. Yeah. So in a very short period of time. Yeah. 
relatively speaking, we've got to this point now where so some of these things are still happening to a point where we saw Venom came out last year. And that is part of... That's a Sony-owned character, completely yep. separate from the Marvel franchise at large. Um, because basically what then happened in a move that no one saw coming, we all sort of speculated about this and wanted it for years. We wanted Spider-Man to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I remember when The Amazing Spider-Man came out, I had this like pipe dream in my head. I was like, God, can you imagine like the, the post credit scene where he's got that he's got that little house in Queens where they had the scene on the um steps with him and Gwen. Mm. And then the post credit scene is just knock 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 and it's Tony and Cap yeah. there to talk to him and it's Andrew Garfield. I was like, oh, what if it's that? And they were almost gonna they were gonna put Oscorp Tower, which is like the big like focal point of yeah. one. They were gonna put that in the skyline of the Avengers in the first Avengers movie, which came out the same year. So you're going to have Avengers Tower and Oscorp. So like there were rumblings about this whole idea to start with, but then they made the announcement after Andrew Garfield was moved on that yes, Spider-Man was going to come to the MCU. And we were all very excited. We were very excited. Um, And then they introduced this little man called Tom Holland. And then Tom Holland um, rocked up in, so he turned up first in Captain America Civil War. Um, and I remember seeing it in the trailer. They had that amazing it was shot. Ending shot of the trailer yeah. was Spider Man landing, holding Cap Shield, holding Cap Shield, and saying, "Hey, everyone!" And that was it. Were you like, could you not move? I was beside myself. Like getting Spider Man, like a Spider Man like that, with the Ditko eyes, and in like a costume that's so close to being like the spider-man costume yeah not the ultimate one like we saw in amazing 2 not the weird bobsleigh one that we saw in amazing one not the weird 3d one that we saw in the raimi trilogy but the spider-man suit yeah and then i just remember like even in the mo- in the movie itself because they kept it all under wraps or a lot of it apart from that one shot it was all about Tony and Cap. Yeah, but they've removed him from scenes. Well, not even that. Well, he was added. He was added in, and you yeah. can tell that a little bit in Civil War. There's a lot of because he's a CG character. Yeah, um, you can tell there's just a gap there where they just filled him in later. But I remember just when it cut to the title saying Queens, and then you went in and you had Tony Stark meeting Peter Parker, and the fact that they're actually using those words is like, oh, Mr. Parker says Robert Downey Jr. That's yeah. Tony Stark. I'm just like. Like I remember sitting there watching it, and just I can't believe this is happening. No. This is like a fanfic thing that we've all been thinking about for years, and this actually is happening in front of my eyes right now. And then <laughs> they have this. They have a great. There's a great way of setting up this new Spider-Man. They have the the conversation in with Tony and Peter in his bedroom, talking about why. What's his mo? Basically, they talk about why do you do it. And he says, I've got to look out for the little guy. And he does do a kind of a weird version of the great Really power. long-winded version of it. When bad things happen, but you don't stop them, they happen because of you, or something along those yeah. lines. It frustrates me that they feel they can't say it. And the other thing that frustrates yeah. me is that I feel like, and this one major criticism that a lot of people have around this new version of Spider-Man is that they don't mention Uncle Ben at all. No. I completely understand why. Because yeah. it's been done twice in these last two versions and it's been done to death. People are fucking sick of it. They don't want to see him get bit by a spider. They don't want to see his uncle die. No. Fine. But I do feel like they should at least mention him. They should at least, like... Yeah. I, f- I feel like that scene, he should have said something along the lines of, you know, 
we lost my uncle recently and he always taught me that if you could do good things for people, you should do it. Isn't there a line in Homecoming? In Homecoming, all he said, like, the the closest they get to ever acknowledging it is that Ned is like, why don't you tell your aunt that you're Spider-Man? He goes, I can't, not with everything that's going on with her right now. I couldn't do that. And then there's the thing where she freaks out when she can't get hold of him. Yeah. Like, I called five different police precincts and hospitals trying to get hold of you. You can't do that. And so little things like that, us knowing the history. Yeah means that we can infer that, yeah, Ben died not yeah, long ago. But they're not wasting time No. treading old ground that everybody They're not, knew. but I just, I do feel that like, he would, yeah, like I say, a line along the lines of my uncle taught me that I should, or something like, even if it's just that, yeah, that's it. I feel it should be better because I've, what they have done is they've sort of set up Tony Stark as being the new mentor figure who guides him and tells him the kind of person he wants to be. Yeah. Um, which is great to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, well, I think moving into Homecoming, I guess then. I fucking love Homecoming. <laughs> I love Homecoming so much. It's first thing they get right is the high school and the kids. Yeah. There are, it, even though Tom Holland, I think at this point, is like 23 or 22. He is now. He was like 21 at the yeah, time. He looks so young. Yeah. He look, when, he, when he says to Tony Stark, I'm 15. Yeah. You don't immediately spin. You go, okay, yeah, he could be fifteen. Yeah. Whereas, like in the earlier movie when, when uh, uh, Emma Stone, honestly, Dad, I'm seventeen years old. You just like spit your drink and go, fuck off, are you? Love you us. were seventeen years ago, years old when you did super, super bad. Yeah, that was ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. You can't keep playing the same age no. for ten years. Like uh, anyway, but yeah, Tom, like he feels like a fifteen year old. All the kids, the way they interact with one another, the way they sort of take the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm is just great. Like I said, I know you said like the, the chemistry of Garfield and Stone isn't quite there yet, I don't think, but they, as an ensemble, I think they can, they achieve oh, that. Oh, sorry, Zendaya and Holland. No, I mean, with, you said like the, the, there isn't one relationship in amongst the new kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. That snaps in the way that they do. No. But I feel like when they're all together as an ensemble, that's when it works really yeah, well. Yeah, I think they've got great chemistry as like a big group all yeah. together. So when Flash is there and Zendaya and Tom and yeah. um, Jacob, what's his name? Batalon. Yeah. When they're all there and they're all like the, um, yeah, the scene where he's saying he can't go to the, on the decathlon, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the catalog. And it's like, oh yeah, no, I can't go either. I've got a hot day with Black Widow. And so being, that is false. Yeah. What I tell you about using the pill for comedic purposes. Like, that's when it's all fire and all cylinders. I love yeah. it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I still have issues with Homecoming. Like, I dislike all of the... I dislike all of the stuff in the suit, where it's like, oh, he's got this and this and this. There is a point where it gets a little bit tedious, and you're like, we get it. But then there's a moment when it pays off later, when he has to go back to his, like... Yeah. That's what inverted like. coloured Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah, that's what I like is that. And we kind of, we knew that was coming. Like we talked about that when the trailers were coming and stuff. We were like, he's going to get the suit taken away from him and then he's going to have to go back to the old PJ suit. And then, it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love that. I feel like it works because of stuff like that because yeah. they go, right, if you can't do it in a pair of sweatpants, then you can't do it. And he yeah. does. And, he, and like, it's little things like the stuff like the web fluid yeah. was his. Yeah, like Tony talks about that in the first scene. He's like, "I think this web fluid is amazing." Who who designed that? He goes, "I did." Yeah, 
if Tony Stark had given in his web fluid as well, that would have been way too. That would have been too much. Yeah. That would have been a bit like, like, betrayal of the character. Like, and that's the thing. Like you see it in. That's one of the things that I dislike about um, the amazing films is that his web fluid is just something that he pinched from Oscorp. Yeah, because everything is something from Oscorp. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Is yeah. it's like, so how how does he keep getting it? Is he oh, just breaking in and getting more each time? I think or is he, he ordered the giant Is he making box it? Is he gonna, yeah, he's going to buy a box like, of a, it. A single pelt can hold 5,000 metres of the loot. I was like, wait a minute. So literally even the cartridges that he loads in are pre-made for him. Although he, did, he doesn't... Well, yeah, you see him making the web shooters. Yeah, he does make the web shooters and he does like get them to work and all the rest. And yeah. that's something they do do better in... Because in, obviously in the original Raimi movies, quite controversially, it's organic. It's organic yeah. Which is just icky and weird. Um, but one thing they do okay they changed the they changed the comics in, yeah well. to make it fit it's gross he but, talks about having to eat lots of protein oh god um, but yeah in the amazing movies they do get a little bit into the ingenuity and like the sort yeah. of, of Peter Parker like, I like that um, lock he has on his door that's on a remote control yeah little things like that are cool yeah um, and Tom Holland's got a bit of that as well like when he's um, he has to break himself out of the vault yeah, and he like just has a calculator and just breaks into it and figures it's out how literally to... going through it one code after the next. But then later in the movie, he doesn't know how to turn on the um, lights, on, uh, yeah. the headlights on a car. So they kind of well, that's that's <laughs> that's another throwback to the comics is that Pete got to. There's a point in one of the comics where he he's depowered, mm. and he's following someone, and someone's like, "Get in the car!" and he's like, "I don't know how to drive." And they're like, you're 30 years old and you don't know how to drive. He's like, I've been web swinging across New York for 15 years. Why the fuck would Why I? Why would I need to drive? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that is very true. But yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much I love about Homecoming. Um, but I feel like fundamentally it's the fact that they get the character right as far as I'm concerned. They get the character right in that universe, I think, is yeah, better. I guess so. Because... Some of the stuff that they have is vastly out there, and it's like Aunt May is very, very much younger and different. Yeah, and they don't live in this quaint little house in Queens. They live in a big apartment block, and then they do this and they do that, and like there's lots of stuff that's in there differently, but it fits so well in the universe. It does, but I feel like yeah, for me, I don't think it would have worked on its own if it had just come out without the MCU know. around it. I don't know, like yeah, because to me, it's like it's. It speaks to him being a hero and the re- the what makes him a hero, and uh, because I think what another sort of criticism I have of the earlier movies, particularly the Tobey Maguire movies, is that Spider Man is very much reactionary. Yeah, when things happen around him, and then he has to swing into action, like his girlfriend get, gets kidnapped again, or yeah. at one point he's on his way to Mary Jane's play, and then he literally just gets run over by a car, and then has to be Spider Man again. Whereas what I love about Tom Holland and um, Homecoming is that he seek he actively seeks out the bad guy, yeah, and he makes that as every time he does it, they make a point of saying how he's making a sacrifice, yeah. So there's the point where he's at Lizzie's party, and he could swing in there and be Spider Man and like and have a big party piece and, and do something that would make him feel good, yeah. But then he sees something, uh, an explosion, and he decides to go and help, yeah. And again, he has another thing when they're in DC, they're like, all the kids are just hanging out at the pool. And she's like, why don't you come down and just put a pair of trunks on and come hang out in the pool? Be a teenager. It's fine. Yeah. But no, because he has the responsibility. And it's all it's not because 
he's worried about his aunt or he's worried about it's because there is some people out there who are dealing in dangerous weapons that he doesn't want on the street yeah because he feels that that's his responsibility and he chooses to not have a life of his own and not be a teenager and just have fun yeah and instead goes and does the right thing yeah and again obviously the big one being at the end with the the dance he mm-hmm. has a choice whether or not to go after Liz's dad who just threatened to kill him and everyone he loved yeah or just have a dance and forget about it. Yeah. And again, he chooses to do that. And that, to me, is why it's sort of... I do feel like it could stand on its own. I do feel yeah. like it, it has an arc and it has a... It's a good hero story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's as good as it is because everything that's built around it and because we've gotten to that point where this is a world where we're accepting of differences. Mm. I think if this film had come out on its own, people would have been like, they're changing it again. I guess but so. because it fit within a pre-existing franchise where you were okay with stuff like Cap's costume's a bit different, Iron Man's a bit different, this is a bit different, this is a bit different. Like We're changing things for the better. We're taking out the great stuff, but we're going to smooth over some of the cracks oh, and we're going to work on it yeah. a bit more. It's Yeah, it's the MCUing of yeah. things. They, they make things like, yeah, this is how it fits into this modern universe. And But then those are things that like... To my mind, I feel that are things that I push against in the Raimi movies and stuff because yeah. they don't feel real because they're too like in real life. No one would talk like that. Or no one would. No, they wouldn't live in a house like that. They wouldn't do. That. And so it feels like this, this removed comic book gradual world. escalation into the comic book world of the Raimi of of the MCU. Yeah. So if we'd have gone from nothing to alien invasion technology, yeah. We'd have been like, what the fuck? How did we get oh, here? Yeah, that's true. Because I, I want, the other thing I'll say about it is, like you say, the, the the whole plot, the bad guy plot of Homecoming is about the alien technology that came from the yeah. Chitauri invasion from the original Avengers movie. And so what that means is for casual viewers, for people who just like the character of Spider-Man, yeah. I want to go and see the new Spider-Man, the opening of the movie just immediately alienates you yeah, and makes you go, what the fuck's going on? I don't like it. Like, again, I think of my brother. Hello, yeah. Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> and I feel like if he's just decided to put this on, it's on Netflix at the moment, Homecoming, and it starts, and it's just, and there's just a giant slug, space slug, and Michael Keaton's there, and they're talking about, yeah. these alien bastards are tough, you've got to use the stuff. I'm like, is this a Spider-Man movie? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, you'd just be confused. That's like, what I'm so saying. So I get it. it? Yeah. I get it. But yeah, but I, we, I really enjoy it. Like, I really enjoy the way that they've, like, brought in Victor Toomes, as the vulture and I think, yeah, they brought that's in the, Matt Gargan and they brought in they brought in these things to seed the world. Yeah. They haven't directly thrown it in being like, here's an origin, here's an origin, here's yeah. an origin, here's an origin. And I do and that's another thing that I love and I think is works perfectly self contained within Homecoming as a movie on its own, is uh Michael Keaton's tombs as a yeah. character. Fucking brilliant. Because he's he's a like menacing bad mm-hmm. guy throughout and then they have that brilliant twist with no one saw coming on. I just remember the being in the movie and going, oh shit, and everyone was like that. Yeah. And to be in that point where the sixth Spider-Man movie can make, can surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, is bravo. Yeah. And again, it's because they've changed things from the comic book. Yeah. And Even, they have, they've changed things up. Well, well, they haven't. And they have in a way. So this is one of the conversations that with, uh, another friend of ours, Dan, who was saying about, oh, yeah, but they bought in Betty, Ned, and Liz. Yeah. But if you look, what they've done is they've brought in 
Betty, Ned and Lee, um, Liz, but they haven't brought in Betty Brandt, Liz Allen and Ned Leeds. Oh, the Betty They've is Betty Brandt? No. no. It says her name on the, on the TV Well, thing. Ned and Liz aren't. It's not Liz Allen or Ned Leeds. No. They're Liz and Ned. Yeah, well, they've okay. not done. They've not done that. They're, they're, so they were really careful about that. Yeah, because Ned Leeds, spoiler alert, becomes a hobgoblin, a hobgoblin, one of them, and Liz Allen goes on to do lots of other things. But what they cleverly did here was by not giving her a surname in like the IMDb stuff, they could make out that she was Liz Toomes, and will be moving away at the end of the film to go yeah. somewhere else and potentially be introduced to Liz Allen another time. Yeah, and that's the and again. That's the essential thing for me is that the end of this movie it reflects what I like about the first movie is that because of Peter's choice to be Spider Man he loses out and his yeah life his real life because he's been sort of pining after Liz this whole time not in a creepy like over the top way no, like the, but it's in like, genuinely he quite a sweet way yeah it's a sweet high school crush and then he and because of what he did as Spider Man he's now probably never going to see her again yeah and that's like oh, that's gutting in there and yeah. and that is him dealing with the you know, the consequences of being Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Wrong result from the right decision. Yeah, and that's something that goes throughout the whole movie. Like, the situation that happens in um, DC is his fault because he gave Ned a bloody bomb. Um, The the situation on the boat is his fault. And and it's like, yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. I've given you this suit, which gives you great power, and you're not using it responsibly. So I'm going to take it back off you. Yeah. And And then he comes back out and does it in the crap suit. PJs. And there's a great that great moment that everyone talks about with the um when he's trapped under the rocks under yeah. the building, and that's yeah. just pure Spider Man. It's the perfect moment. It's, perfect. I mean, it's taken from the comics anyway. Yeah, but when why you know it ain't broke exactly, you know and I mean? it works so well. And the the dynamicism that you get from the artwork in the comics is reflected literally and literally literally in a film. Yeah, and then you see the way that he pushes it off and he does it through being on his own and his own self-belief and his self-control and yeah. his power. I am Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's what I love is like, he, he'll do whatever he needs to do and use the tools around him to get the results. So like, I like, there's a contrast even with the tracking of tombs. So yeah. at one point he uses his little tracker that Tony Stark built into. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh great. It makes it easy. Doesn't it? And you've got a little heads up display. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in the movie, he doesn't have that anymore, but he still needs to track someone. So what does he do? He leaves his phone in the car yeah. and then gets Ned to track it for him because he's got a tracker on it. Yeah. Because he's smart and he's Spider-Man and he'll do whatever he needs to do. Yeah. He doesn't need a high tech suit. No, exactly. To be a hero. And that, yeah, I fucking love homecoming. And that's the thing that's <laughs> always been like the basis of Pete is that, his ingenuity and his intelligence is as much of a superpower yeah. as his strength and everything else. And that's another thing they do well in this movie. It's like another yeah. tick of the box. It's just, yeah, I fucking, I love Homecoming. <laughs> it's a great, great film. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, I think that kind of sort of ties them. It does. I mean, obviously, six. we haven't really talked about the, yeah, that's Spider-Man. But then obviously what's happened since then with Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he's gone on to be in the Avengers movies. Yeah. So he was in Avengers Infinity War and he was also in Endgame. Yeah. Um, and some shit happened to him, which is going yeah. to carry over into the next movie. I mean, um, yeah, and those are, I mean, it's, we could talk about them, but we've done episodes. No, we don't, we don't need to talk week. about those movies as a whole, but I feel like it's going to be the very unique position they're in now going forward into Far From Home is that 
Far From Home isn't just a sequel to Homecoming. It's a sequel to The Avengers. Yeah. To a point where there are some people who are pissed off about it because the, it spoils The Avengers. Yeah. Just just literally, like, even by going on to, like, chat shows and, and promoting his movie, he is inadvertent. He has well, to having the film out is a spoiler in yeah. itself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Or, or you know... Anyway, there's no it complete, and again, it has comes back to that same problem that you have with Homecoming, which is that it will alienate anyone who hasn't isn't into this franchise. Yeah, people who just want to go and see a fun Spider-Man movie. Yeah, will have to deal with all and this weight and all this. That's the problem. Now. It is, is a, a problem. It's like, not a problem for us because we love this shit. No, yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing. At this stage, the barriers of entry are so high. Like we said in previous episodes, like my girlfriend's never seen, like the Avengers films. Because she's not interested in the group film. She f- finds all, all the dynamics like really watered down or it's all too much. Yeah. She likes the the focused singular film. So she's not seen Infinity War and Endgame. So if we go and see Spider-Man together, she's going to be very confused. Yeah. But that's the, that, That's like the the ballsy nature of Marvel at this point is that they can do that because they're yeah. like, fuck you, you'll pay to see it. Well, <laughs> and that's I mean? the thing. It's not even ballsy. It's just like, if you, it's all there. It's yeah, all there if you want to watch it. If you want to, if you want to start at this stage, you can. We'll probably explain a bit, but you won't understand that much of it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much they lean on it, how much it is Peter's story. Because yeah. um, I do I... want to sort of see a point with the MCU, and this is a slight aside. I do want to see a point with the MCU that we get to where it's a new entry, so there is something that you can go in fresh. Yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, there are certain things where yeah. Like you get Guardians, like for example, like Guardians of the Galaxy, brilliant. Yeah, Ant Man, great. Like these individual standalone yeah. ones. Are great I think there are certain ones where I mean, even like there are certain ones you can pick out where you could watch them in isolation. I feel like Ragnarok you could probably watch on its own. Mm. Maybe. Don't know. It's re- it's there's a lot of backstory in that. It really isn't there. It mm. relies on a lot of. Yeah, but then, known knowledge. But then you have like. Um, Black Panther yeah a lot but of that that's the thing like, any of the ones yeah are great to start with yeah but then it's like right but that's what I mean like, I wasn't even but saying that I was saying point? Black Panther the whole inciting incident almost of the whole thing happened in another movie yeah and <laughs> like, then and, and it's explained in Black Panther at the start yeah by the a TV report anyway so I think yeah like I said I think we've sort of come to the end we've talked about all the Spider-Men but yeah, so how it leads into sort of Far From Home yeah. is going to be really interesting. Um, and we've talked about, yeah, the different versions of them, what we like, what we don't like. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing left to do is to do some sort of ranking. Oh. So do you want to go worst to best? Yeah. Okay, so what's the worst Spider-Man movie? Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Spider-Man 1. Okay. Homecoming. Spider-Man 2. Oh, I've missed one, haven't I? Tits. Okay. So, Spider-Man <laughs> 3. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man 1. Yep. Homecoming. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's not far from what I would have. Yeah. I think what would I have? I would have, yeah, so I would have um, Spider-Man 3 is by far the worst. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man 1. Really? I think I would put it at the top. Wow. I think, like I said, for all the reasons I said on the previous episode, um, it's, yeah, it's just pure. I, yeah. don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, it, and it's like a template for how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I feel it gets the character right. It gets the origin spot on. Um, and a, a part of it, I guess, is there's a bit of nostalgia. I remember that movie coming out and being very excited by it. Yeah. I remember I was one of the people, one of the um, generation who forced it to be changed from a 12 to a 12A. Yeah. Because I, I it, at the time when it would have been a 12, I wouldn't have been allowed to go and see it. Well, it's because you're stupid and, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, uh, but that's yeah, that's the thing. Is it's uh, there are a couple that are guff, but by and large, all of the Spider-Man films are worth, really worth a watch. Yeah, and it, I'd they, say Amazing Spider-Man Two is watchable. Three is just nonsense. Only watch it if you really, 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 really want to, or really feel like you have to. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like I said, the thing we've talked about already is that it just it just shits all over what's come before. Yeah. So, like, the more you love one and two, the more you'll hate three, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're really invested in one and two, then I'd almost say, don't watch three, because it will ruin it. Yeah, like definitely. Um, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man is, like, for me, great cast, bad scripts. Yeah. Which is the biggest frustration. Yeah, Mo- moments, cast, moment, bad writing. Bad writing. There are moments of greatness, but they just, there are ill-advised decisions made, like the, fucking focus on the parents and all that shite which yeah. there was no need for we didn't, didn't get into a lot of that stuff but it's no. just no point there's no it's need for it nonsense um, and it's and yeah I think like Andrew Garfield was probably the most accomplished actor of the three in terms of what he's what we've seen him do in things like you know Axel Ridge and yeah, I think now, but don't forget that Toby Maguire was like Sea Biscuit and all he was, those other, yeah. like he was, really really big big films he was, yeah, I guess. Um, but like, yeah, I feel he, he got done over, and it was. And like we said, we've already talked about our disappointment that how well it ended at the end of yeah. Amazing Spider-Man, and we never got to see more of that. Yeah, and that's the problem. What he did affected his career. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Is he did something that he shouldn't. He should have gone along with it. Not for the political reasons, but for his job's sake, he should have gone along with it. I guess so. But at the same time, if his personal beliefs weren't in line with what was being sort of sold and all the real reasons that he didn't turn up. Yeah, and it was just, I think he's been quite open about it. Like, There's a really interesting interview that they did with him and Amy Adams. Yeah. Where it was actors on actors interviewing each other and he talked about how he was like, it was part of this corporate machine and it wasn't, the story and the character weren't the top priorities. They weren't interested in that. And that's what he signed on for. Yeah. And he said it kind of like broke my heart a little bit because it, the, the big thing about Andrew Garfield as well is that he was a massive Spider-Man fan. Yeah. And was like, there was pictures of him dressing up as Spider-Man when he was six years old. Or whatever. Yeah. And he was so excited to play the character and then to have it just be sort of melded. Taken away this, for the this, point of this expanded universe. Yeah. For the Sony flawed. thing. Must have been. I can see why that was the story. I completely, oh God! I, yeah. I, I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I um, can really, really do. Like political, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like in a perfect world, if they were going to focus on making more Spider-Man focused things, yeah. then yeah, he should have done it. But yeah. they didn't. So, um, yeah. But anyway, so but I yeah. mean, we've moved on from that. Now we've got Tom Holland, and I love Tom Holland. I think he's great. I think yeah. he's close to perfect. Almost, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's, 
I think like that's the thing with all of these. I feel like they're not not there is not one perfect one. They're all got that like they've all got pluses and minuses. And in a, like a perfect world, I would create some sort of you know concoction, some sort of cocktail of all the different ones i get right i want the origin story from one but i want the cast from this one but i want them to be younger i want them to and i want yeah. the, i want all these different things mixed in together and you get a perfect spider-man movie yeah. we haven't quite had it yet i don't think no i think the closest we've had is probably spider-man one for me it's followed closely by homecoming i think yeah i think if if you're gonna do a Ground up Spider-Man film. Spider-Man One is probably the definitive thing. Yeah, because Homecoming does so much different, and Amazing does so much different. One is so true to everything that came before and after. Yeah, that functionally it is. I would argue it is the best Spider-Man film. But the, out of my enjoyment, I'd say, yeah, two is it for me. Yeah. But but yeah, I think I think you're right. There are definitely things that could be brought together in a better way to make an incredible thing but saying that we've had you know what how many years like 18 years of Spider-Man films yeah I mean who's who's the best villain in all of them the best villain I'd say either Tombs or Doc Ock yeah I loved I think like Vulture or Doc Ock yeah what what about Green what about Willem Dafoe it's fine just very see I love Tombs and I, I love the metaphor of Tombs as well because obviously there's the whole thing of he's your girlfriend's dad who's the sc- yeah. who's the scariest person in your life when you're 15 years old yeah your girlfriend's dad like yeah exactly <laughs> um exactly and I'm gonna be you know if I ever have kids I'm gonna be the scariest fucking girlfriend's dad exactly and I love just that whole scene where they're in the car oh that'll be all the time but if, just, I, if I, I love there's yeah again there's another great video online which is lessons from the screenplay about that scene how yeah. it pl- how it builds tension yeah and how tombs slowly pieces all the piece you know puts everything together and figures out that peter is spider-man mm-hmm. fucking love it and like the way it's shot as well like the bit where the light turns green and it's just oh, fucking oh, love it anyway yeah we've rambled on about spider-man long enough yeah we've spoken lots and lots and lots about spider-man so the we're gonna next, yeah the next thing that we've got coming is Spider-Man Far From Home, which we're going to see this week. Yeah. Um, we Depending on when we put this out, we might have already seen it and be in the process of editing the episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, stick with us for that, because then that will sort of tie it off for the time being until we get the inevitable Far From Home 2. Yeah, so that, and it will actually tie it off in terms of not only for Spider-Man, but also for Marvel. Yes. Because um, this, this will be the last Marvel movie of this year. Um, we don't know when the next one is out. Um, and it's the end of phase three. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a lot going on in this next movie. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that and get into it. I'm sure we'll probably do a spoiler part of that episode as well because there'll yeah. be lots to talk about. Definitely. Um, but in the meantime, let us know what you think about Spider-Man. A lot of people have a lot of opinions on it. Yes. So it'll be really interesting to see what you guys think. Do you hate one ver- version of it? Do you love one version of it? Do you agree with our rankings? Do you have your own ranking? Yeah, let us know. Put your own rankings. Send us them. Send us to them. Um, send them to us on sort of Twitter, Facebook, yeah, Gmail. Yeah, yeah. Put them in the Instagram comments. And let us know what you think, and we'll you know we'll shout out anything that's particularly good. Yeah. If it's rubbish, we're not going to read it out. Or if you think that three is great, then we're going to find you and beat you up. Um, because we have a responsibility. Yeah. And the power 
So we're going to beat you up if you think three's good. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> speaking of socials, you can find us at the Omcast pod at gmail.com and the Omcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us on there. Can you give us a sort of a, a, a like and a review if yeah. you can on iTunes or any of your podcatcher platforms? Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. Bye. You know, I just remembered the the uh, reporter at the end of Spider Man Three. <laughs> it's hard to describe the brutality of it. We don't know if he's going to make it. He seems to have come out of nowhere to answer the prayers of the citizens. <laughs> there is very little hope for these refugees. Refugees who must be wondering who, if anyone, can save them here in Golmira. It is a descent into the furthest bowels of hell. <laughs> You've it got, tu- you've got it, that far too well memorized. It, it turns out, it turns out that the <laughs> the woman being held hostage is in fact Mary Jane Watson, an actress recently seen in our brief stint on Broadway. Oh, I fucking hate that trope. Yeah, but yeah. Well, the fact that they kidnap Mary Jane at the end of every fucking movie. No, just <laughs> it's just the reporter. Sorry, I can. Yeah, sorry, it's just I can hear every. Um, Anyway, 